At number 67, a 16 seed, I've got the MEAC Conference. Last year's champion was Howard, and I predict Howard to run it back after not making the NCAA tournament for 30 years and make consecutive NCAA tournaments right up there with them. In the same tier, I've got Norfolk State. Robert Jones, over the last half decade or so, has kind of run the MEAC, um, and I look for them to contend for a title yet again. After that, in the next tier, I've got Delaware State, which I'll explain in a minute, but they're different than pretty much every other team in this conference. Then North Carolina Central at four, Morgan State at five, Maryland Eastern Shore at six, and then my last tier, a couple bad teams, will be South Carolina State and Coppin State. This conference, seven of the eight teams lost their two leading scores. Six of the eight teams in this conference lost each of their three leading scorers. So a lot of turnover in a conference that already is perennially a play-in or at least a 16-seed type of conference. So I see that remaining the case this upcoming year. Howard lost Elijah Hawkins. I watched him at Maryland Eastern Shore. Maryland Eastern Shore, one of the best teams, if not the best in the country, at forcing turnovers. But with Eli Hawkins at the helm, Howard was not turning the basketball over, at least not at the rate Umez is used to. Howard was up at 24 point, up by 24 points at one point in this game, ended up winning by nine. He'll be gone, though, and they'll also lose Steve Settle and a nice role guy in Jordan Wood. But they do return their third, fourth, and fifth leading scorers, which is more than a lot of teams can say in this conference. Jelani Williams, Marcus Dockery, Shai Odom, all 9 to 11 point per game guys that will be back. Bryce Harris was a nice 7th leading scorer for them last year. He will also be back. They bring in a few transfers. Isaiah Warfield, I watched him play some role minutes, 18 minute a game guy at Liberty, mainly known for his defense, not his offensive production. Dom Campbell couldn't see the floor much at Notre Dame coming over to Howard. And then Seth Towns. Seth Towns is still attempting to play college basketball, but he has not played in quite some time. He hasn't been really good in college basketball since 2018. We're about to enter 2024, and Seth Towns is somehow still playing college basketball. Battled a lot of injuries. Would love to see him have success this year. And if he can, if he can return to the guy he was six years ago, um, or anything close to that, this team goes to a whole nother level. He was at Ohio State last year. They also bring in a D2 transfer out of UT Tyler. Um, at number two, Norfolk State, they're another team losing their four leading scorers, but they hit the transfer market pretty hard getting guys from Ryder, UNC Wilmington, Buffalo, actually two guys from Ryder. Boston and Longwood. So bring in six D1 transfers. Now, a couple of these guys were minimal playing role guys. Three of them played less than 10 minutes a game on the team that they were on. Um, but the other guys averaged five to seven points per game and should help replace the losses of guys like Joe Bryant, Chris Bankston, and the others that led this Norfolk State team. With what the rest of the conference is losing... And with the amount of D1 transfers that Norfolk brought in, along with returning just one double-figure scorer in Ings, he was a 10.3.5 assist guy last year, 
I still have this team being able to contend and perhaps win the MEAC this season, even losing their four leading scorers. Great job in the transfer market by Coach Robert Jones. Number three, and if you would have told me in late January of last year that I would have this team as third in the MEAC, I would have said absolutely no way because... Delaware State was closely approaching the most consecutive Division I losses in NCAA history. They were just a few games away, and I went and attended their game against Coppin State at Coppin State for a couple reasons. One, that was supposed to be the game that was going to break the record. Number two, one, Dixon is some of my first memories of college basketball as a four-year-old in 2001. Watching his teams play against Duke, I still remember those games as a four-year-old and, you know, won the national championship under Gary Williams. And then on top of that, he's on the Real Housewives of Potomac, my wife, massive housewife Stan. I may enjoy it as well, watching it alongside her. Robin Dixon sat right behind us. My wife joined me on the road. Yeah, we'll check that box for you, hon. But Delaware State ended up winning three straight games at one point last year, ended up winning four games in the MEAC, and they were a team playing their best basketball towards the end of the season. Shout out my guy John for putting me on Stan Waterman. He let me know, hey, he's going to develop something. Stan Waterman can coach, and clearly he can trying to turn around this dumpster fire of a program of late, but they're different than every other team in the conference. I talked about how much everyone else is losing. Delaware State brings back seven of their eight leading scorers. Yes, they were bad last year, but they were improving, and they don't have to worry about putting pieces together and getting them to mesh, whether that's transfers or whether that's unproven freshmen or guys that didn't get a lot of minutes last year that are going to be called on. I have Delaware State all the way up at three. And who knows, they could finish even higher than that. Number four, North Carolina Central. They were second in this conference last year, went 10-4 and four in the MEAC. They lose each of their five leading scorers in seven of their top eight. They bring in some okay roll guys, a ton of JUCO transfers, um, but just, you know, I'm not following the MEAC transfer market all that closely, so I can't have a ton of faith in this team to put them up very highly, even after a good year last year, when you lose seven of your eight leading scores. Morgan State was a 500 team, a little bit disappointing last season. They lose their first uh, 500 in, in MEAC play. They lose their first to third leading scores and sixth to eighth leading scores. They do get Miles Thompson who sat out last season out of St. Francis, Pennsylvania, was a double-figure scorer in the NEC just a couple years ago. Get Winston Tabs from East Carolina. Can he turn back to the guy that he was at Boston College um, early on in his career, and can he stay healthy for a full season? He's been a guy that has not been able to stay healthy in his career, but there are very few proven D1 guys on this team um, outside of Cameron Hobbs, outside of Will Thomas that are both returning. Both those guys averaged more than eight points a game last year. Maryland Eastern Shore, a ferocious defensive team, very gritty, and turned you over at a ridiculously high rate. But they, just like everyone else in this conference, lose their four leading scorers in six of their top seven. 
try to replace him with a lot of junior college guys, a couple guys that played minimal minutes last year. They only have one guy on their roster that played over 11 Division I minutes a game last season. Chase Davis averaged seven and a half for UMass last year. UMass last year, a lot, a turnover. And then the last two teams are going to be even worse than those four that I just mentioned. South Carolina State went 2-12, and was dead last in the MEAC this year. They lose their three leading scorers, four of their top five. But I've got them improving because I think Coppin State will be even worse. One Dixon, let go after six seasons, just wasn't able to have very much regular season success. Two years ago, I think it was, they got to play for an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament, lost that game to Norfolk State. That kept them around for one more year. But last year, again, failing to win double-digit games, going 9-23, and 4-10 and 10 in the conference. It was time to let him go. They bring in Larry Stewart, uh, alma mater, Coppin State, two-time NEAC, former player of the year. So he's certainly going to have some pride for this program, and hopefully he can turn them around. But it's going to take some time because they lost each of their six leading scorers, and don't replace them with anything that looks um, overwhelmingly positive. Only one guy averaged more than three and a half points a game last year in Division One college basketball. He was from Morgan State. Copeland averaged five and a half. I've got Coppin State finishing dead last. This is going to be a bad conference, but because of that, because of all of the turnover, if there can be a team that can gel and mesh their pieces together quicker than the others, they could contend up at the top. And who knows? Maybe it could be one of these teams that I predicted at the back of the pack. There's so much unknown in this conference with all the turnover. And I'm not going to pretend like I know the MEAC, JUCO market, or the freshmen that are coming in. Um, Delaware State should thrive in all the turnover. But I've got Howard winning back-to-back MEAC championships and being the MEAC's representative in the NCAA tournament. Incredible job Kenny Blakeney's doing there for the Bison in D.C.